0: And we're back! Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCorsi here with Jennifer Juarez. We'll be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hello, right. Jennifer.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Um, I got a couple of things I need to address before we tell everyone who you are and what you do. So I'll be right back with you. Okay. Need to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. And while I'm here, I want to give a shout out to our guys over at Penco LLC. Thanks for the five star review. Appreciate you loving the episode about soda. We had a lot of fun with that, too. And while we're at it, we're having a lot of fun with the pens you sent. If you guys want to go check out Penco LLC, you can get some really cool pens there. Now, speaking of cool things that you can buy that are also useful, Jennifer, you are the founder and president of Snacks on Racks. Is this true?
1: That is true. Guilty.
0: Okay. So, you know, I love it when you are interactive. So, go to snacksonracks.com or on the gram at the number four, Snacks.
1: Correct. Made it simple.
0: So with that, I have a whole lot of snacks in front of me right now. I couldn't eat all of these during this episode if I really wanted to.
1: Well, that's probably good and healthier for you. Yeah.
0: So um, Snacks on Racks. Now, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and tell us what you do, but this is basically, this is a vending business.
1: Actually, no, we're not vending at all. What?
0: Yeah. Oh, well, then tell me.
1: All right. Well, Teach Snack, me. Snacks on Racks is a wholesale distributor. We work B2B okay. uh, up thus far. And we provide the service of providing candy trail mix, bulk, and retail packaged options. Really, we've been in the food service niche um, and moving more and more into the retail space. Um, and the other thing that we do really well is private label. Okay. So that is a growing, emerging market, um, growing faster than... The manufacturers can produce their own brands, and so those are some of the services we provide, and we provide the product all over the country.
0: And I'm going to go ahead and, while I'm sitting here, take a picture of all these snacks so I can put them on our Instagram page at Start a Puzzle Podcast. Mm -hmm. But I've got trail mix in front of me. I've got chips. Mm -hmm. I got jelly beans, Cliff bars, lots of jerky. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, this is funny. I got these nuts.
1: Yes. That's a locally made product.
0: And I said that out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can get away with it because I really do have a package that says these <laughs> nuts. Um, tried. You could probably have a lot of fun with that. Be careful and make sure you listen to the HR episode <laughs> yeah. we published before you start saying Absolutely. that too much. Um, all right. So you've been in business for 18 years. It takes a, a lot of ups and downs. and <laughs> uh, the good and the bad to get through 18 years. Yes. Give us the backstory of this. Like, how did you get into, how did you get into sling and snacks?
1: Sure. Well, um, I said about 20 years ago, my husband and I, we already knew at our young ages, we didn't want to work for the man forever.
0: Okay, I like <laughs> and,
1: it. uh, so we started looking at, you know, what does Kansas city need? Um, and this business, we actually was an existing company. We watched it for two years they really just worked in the um, Mr. Bulky space, but in hospitals and locations that were really more 24-7 or had let's, a large... Let's
0: define complaint. Mr. Bulky because okay. I know what that is because oh, I grew up around yeah, here. Yeah. Like Mr. Bulky, you could walk in and just kind of like get scoops of candy and stuff that's like that. Exactly. Now, is that even a thing? Are they even in business?
1: Well, no, Mr. Bulky's has been gone for a long right, time. Right. Um, but that's how the business was started or that's right. what we purchased. Um, and it was under a different name. And so then we brought it in how into our world, updated it because, you know, every business needs to grow and pivot. So with that, then um, we really started to work closely with uh, large food service companies that were here in the metro. And then they expanded us because of our customer service and abilities to support them. And then we just have grown it from there.
0: So when you say food service companies, Mm -hmm. you know, and I want to make sure because not I don't think everyone understands the supply chain here. You have people that actually make the food, right? That's not not the food. That's not the food service company, though. Mm -hmm. Food service companies are anybody that is selling things to whoever's consuming said food, wherever that is. Is that right?
1: So that would be a great example. So most of us at our larger workplaces, our Fortune 500s, have their own corporate cafeterias. You go to the large venues where you might watch a concert. Those are, provi- you know, serviced, okay. the companies that are running the food in those operations. Hospitals certainly have, you know, the cafeteria, but they also have to. That.
0: Now with concerts, mm-hmm. that's something that, and where maybe you provide utility, because there's clearly not a concert every night at every venue. So do you, is your, is the value you provide by saying, hey, we got a really wide offering of stuff and we can bring it in for a day or.
1: Well, and actually a concert So most of those are pre-scheduled what they want. So sometimes okay. it's w- maybe the specialty stuff that's needed for the performing star because they can want their own True. items. And then generally it's already what's already on the board there. So if they're offering king size something or they want um, branded something, then we, we've we already pretty much know what they're going to need ahead of time. It's not a surprise to us.
0: So and it's, it's uh, kind of fun. You, interest, you mentioned like in concerts and being able to, um, provide for who are the performer is so any performing artist uh, when they come into town, whether it's through the promoter, the venue, or someone else, they provide what's called a writer and these are and if if you want to entertain yourself for a few minutes, mm-hmm. look up and it's R I D E R. Um, look up like uh, rock star writers or something like that. And they and you know, they some of these people have gotten so funny with oh. life. That's where you get the joke, like, I want four pounds of only blue MMs.
1: Yes, and they do that.
0: Yeah, and sometimes and then you know what? And then but it's funny because you you'll see your favorite star, you'll learn whether they're a pain in the ass or not. Because right. some of them are, are really are. Yes. And then some of them are like painfully simple. Yes. And um, and I know and I don't claim to know like the world of rock stars, but I know some people that make a really good living and draw three to 5,000 people a night. And you're kind of a rock star when you do that. Yep. But like my friends in Umphreys McGee are in that category and they, they're so simple. They're like, we want like a sandwich plate right, and a case of Budweiser and cans.
1: And I'm sure the venue loves them. Please No, they do. Again. No, they
0: really do. They do. And, but that, but that's important though. And then usually there is stuff like what I'm seeing. They usually bring more, but they leave it really general. Mm-hmm. They're like, we would prefer things that are healthy. So, is that that's what easy. that is that kind of request that you'll get, or
1: um, yes, like I said, it's sort of, it just depends, but generally, we have most of them are not a pain in the neck. Uh, most of them, like you said, just I want maybe they have a specific dried fruit that they like or something sure. along those lines. So, we'll do things like that, but that's small portions, that's not where our um, most of our time and effort is invested.
0: So, um, but is that effort instead invested in? working the deals and figuring out like you're the you're the middleman of sorts. Mm-hmm. So you have to create relationships. Like there's jelly bellies here. Yes. Now I don't know if you buy those directly from Jelly Belly yep. or like okay. So you have to build that relationship. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: And you have to keep it. Sure. Um because uh, in 18 years we've watched really the transition. Um many big companies have become bigger and bought up the smaller ones. Sure. Um and then you've got um just like changeover or the way their programs have changed. Um, Some of them are now made it easier to go direct. So everybody can buy from them instead of a few big distributors. So the models, you know, because they're trying to make money and candy. Um, and I'm really sp- like chocolate, that market hasn't grown a heck of a lot compared to like the snack food, the salties or the healthy market. Sure. So they're really But chocolate's figure- still a
0: king though. It's it still is up king. there. Yeah. I just watched a documentary about it. And they plenty of money. Yeah. Don't
1: kid yourself. No, I just, there's a,
0: there's a real, if you, uh, um, you know, since we're talking about startups and business, um, Netflix is just a treasure trove of interesting things about commerce, but there's a, a thing called rotten uh mm-hmm. a series and they talk the chocolate industry is no good man mm-hmm. it's like i mean the people that actually create the chocolate mm-hmm. like all the way down to the beginning of the supply chain make like 200 dollars a month yeah and yeah, then okay. you know there's but yeah but they're you know but part of what they talk about is some that you talk about these big distributors so did the big guys buy the? did they buy did they buy out the middle people to try to increase their own margins or stuff like that was that the mentality well, there they
1: can't I, in my education and reading and things, they can't, um, develop new products. Like you don't see a new Hershey's or a Mars product. The only way they can do that is to buy somebody who's gotten bigger, like Kellogg's bought RX bar okay. because they, that's just not their world, but they're, they know they're going to lose their margin share if they don't bring things in that people are eating now. Right. So that's kind of the game we're seeing in food is those that are innovating and creating products are trying to build a brand. So one of the big guys will come and buy them for multi millions of dollars and then they're done. There, <laughs> Walk and, away. And,
0: and not to sound like TV Guide on this episode, but there's also a series of, of historical um, biopics we'll say about the, the food industry Mm-hmm. in America and it was there was one called the men or the, the whoever that built America and they've branched that out they have the cars that build America oh, wow. they have the food that built America but it's really interesting cuz Cal- you mentioned Kellogg, Hershey, Mars mm-hmm. were three like the the like original gangsters yep. and i say original gangsters like on purpose <laughs> because they strong-arm some people and um Mars basically stole Hershey's mm-hmm. everything he mm-hmm. worked for Hershey mm-hmm. And he ran off in the middle of the night with the formula and some different (laughs) stuff. And that's when they created the Mars bar and like different stuff. But some of this stuff, like you said, you mentioned not having any new products. Mm -hmm. Well, the Hershey bar came out and it was like uh, pre-depression because when it had almonds in it, Mm -hmm. they marketed that as a more complete meal for your money. There you go. See? They're like, why do you need? <laughs> and to today, buy-?
1: it's for the, many people. It's that's lunch, right? A yeah. Coke and a Mars bar. Well, that, or was, what, that was
0: what. That's what because I guess it was like a nickel or something like that, <laughs> and they marketed it as like a complete meal. They're like, you get all of this protein in this tasty candy bar, that's but awesome. uh, but during the depression, that people had to get a bang for their buck. Well, right. So I was looking at that, and and, and they and part of the series was talking about how they didn't have regulation then about how you could advertise. So they'd be like a a fully complete meal for a nickel. And it was literally like a Hershey's with almonds. Well,
1: and it's interesting because by the way,
0: I think qualifies. Well, you know,
1: and now that we know how healthy almonds are for you, of course it does. But it's very interesting that you say that because we work in food service and most of our product is eaten at lunch or, you know, picked up midday. um, That idea is still holds true where, you know, people really want to know what they're eating. Yeah. And and, uh, they only want to pay so much, especially I'll call it uh, the older generations and the younger generations now are really just wanting the brand that they want. They don't care what it costs. They just want this is this is what I eat. This is how I eat. And that's what's important. So it's interesting. In the 18 years, we've really transitioned from being really a candy centered company to moving more to 80% or more healthy. We've really gotten out of now a chocolate almond and a yogurt pretzel in many's eyes are still healthy. (laughs) But when you get to, you know, maybe Swedish fish or gummies, eh, uh, people are like, well, that's got a lot of added sugar. You know, that's that's not how I'm eating anymore. I'm going
0: to say that according to my observations, Mm -hmm. gummy bears are the world's most complete food because they represent all the food groups in a bag. (laughs) Except <laughs> for the meat group. <laughs> so, Wait, yeah. it might
1: have one gram of protein. Yeah. Hold on, let's well, look.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's just the way I look at it. I mean, this is my, my personal well, opinion. And, we have, and there's a bag of know. Jelly Bellies in here mm-hmm. that could also represent the same. Sure.
1: And Although they, this is you know, cocktail classics. Calories. Yep, so that's getting your cocktail favorites without the alcohol.
0: I see. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joe, So am sense. clever.
1: Yeah, they even have a beer um,
0: version. So they you, have it, it an everything like the, version. Yeah. So, all right. So the food has changed. So I, I'm 44 years old and mm-hmm. when I was a kid, uh, nut allergies weren't a thing. Oh, yes. I mean, maybe they were, but they, I had not, I did not ever hear about right. a nut allergy. And then and I do believe that this is somewhat of a new phenomenon as I widespread as it has become, but it's real. So Matt mm-hmm. Watson's kids have nut allergies. Mm-hmm. And like when we have, we, if like for my kid's, party birthday parties or something. Yep, We have to be prepared for that because yep. like we could legitimately like kill his kid. Yes. And it's not like it's, it's real. So, but in front of me, I've got multiple packages. I've mm-hmm. got these nuts mm-hmm. and some trail mix and some other trail mix. Now what, how has that changed the way that you have to approach your business? Because that's like a different level of responsibility. Right. I, tw- 25 years ago, we weren't concerned that a Hershey bar was going to kill me.
1: Right. Well, and today, um, so the way the FDA uh, helps us out is, when, is we have to make sure that anything that comes in sealed. So if that says it's nut free, we're not opening it. We keep it sealed or gluten free is the same thing because truly there's the difference between those people that choose to be gluten free and those that have to be right. gluten free. So any of those type of products, our facility is not certified peanut-free or gluten-free. Okay. So um, those types of products, we will only purchase from other groups that, that way when it comes in, it's So it sensitive. did change your approach. Oh, it, it sure had it did. To, yeah. It okay. sure did. And then even so much as how we, because we do have open, pa- open bulk boxes. And in our clean room area, we actually have a separate rack away from, um, by, it's actually categorized by allergen. So all the nuts are on their own display and their own rack. And at the top of the rack are those that just have one type of nut. And then as you go down the rack, because the materials in the air fall, more, items with more than one type of nut are at the bottom. <laughs> and that's how, and then that's daily how we have to go through as we, um, because for example, if here in Kansas city, um, Hospitals are a big client of ours, and we actually go in and have these bulk setups, much like you see at American grocery stores or Whole Foods where you're pouring your own portions into a plastic bag and weighing it. So there's area locations here in town that we do that for.
0: 20 years ago, you didn't do that, though, did you?
1: Well, 20 years ago, that's actually how the company started. It was a flip lid with a scoop, and people wouldn't put it in the bag and then they'd go so 10
0: years ago though so
1: 10 years ago we merged into these gravity bins so people couldn't put their hands in it so easy and you know this food safety really got uh stringent and so we we modernized everything to meet that need but even it affects how we fill our bins or you know so you wash everything and then when you're filling you got to start with things without allergens like the gummies and then you progress and the last thing you can do is a multi-nut um, product where you got glove changes in between and wipe down counters. And I mean, That's there's a too lot much to responsibility
0: <laughs> for me, man. It,
1: it is, but it's, uh, I mean, I'm a mom too. And I would hate to know that I, somebody's kid had to go to the hospital yeah, because sure. there was an allergen contamination and the FDA is very serious about that, especially once well, the they whole, should be. Yes. And yeah. after the whole peanut fiasco, what was that? Like 10 years ago now? Is that a thing? Well, the, there was a peanut company who is, didn't, um, sanitize and the peanuts uh, were all yeah, bad I and then went into peanut butter and there was a lot there was people that were killed right. from that
0: so the um we're here in the startup hustle studio and this beautiful sign that yes. we have it's uh-huh. really cool check it, it out cool. you can see it on instagram but that was made by um our friends at will claire metal fabricators in north kansas city and they specialize in making containers for food production and what you were just mentioning like mm-hmm. i was shocked at the the level of detail they have to go through and and purina was one of their mm-hmm. clients sure. and like so they make these mega things that they process food in and like you said they have to be done like they can't have like they can't have like a hairline fracture anywhere in it because just that hairline fracture in it can get enough like salmonella mm-hmm. or any of that to like infect like a whole thing and, and like it's like serious because right. the thing is is based on like what you said If it contaminates one thing, they have to go, they have to eliminate everything that, like, they have, like, this window on either side of discovering it. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing. Like, you know, we complain on some levels about, oh, these things are expensive and whatever. Now, going back to, like, that referencing, I really would recommend that anybody listening uh, check out the History Channel, The Food That Made America, because they talk about why the fda was even created so back in that depression right. area time this is like the 20s and 30s um most of the meat that you ate was basically rotten oh, goodness! because they didn't have the refrigerant and different stuff like that and it just there was nobody standardizing this mm-hmm. and all that stuff so mm-hmm. it was a problem yeah. like it was a r- real legit problem and some of that stuff seems a little heavy-handed and cumbersome mm-hmm. now but You know, like, you don't think about, oh, man, the dog food, it was made in this, like, amazingly precise scientific metal thing that can't have a hairline fraction. I have to, like, go over it with black lights and, like, crazy stuff. It is. And, yeah.
1: And, we you know, businesses spend a lot of money on food safety. And um, it it still happens, though. I mean, every day you can look on the FDA website and there's somebody new who has a recall. And you try and you try. Um, And I said, fortunately – especially things like meat or refrigerated items, um, are watched even closer, yeah. but there's just things that happen. And you, you know, cause you've got employees and you hope you've trained them well, but you turn your back for a second and something happens and nobody says anything. And
0: there these, you go. And, and so, but these are the things <laughs> that, so, you know, on startup also we talk about starting businesses and running businesses. And, and anytime I, and I consider myself to, to created some level of expertise in creating projections, plans and stuff like that. Cause I've done so many of them at this mm-hmm. point. And I always put in a line and I get people that argue with me about it. And I literally like there on your expenses. Uh, it, it's always a percentage of revenue and it varies depending on what it is. And I just label it. Oh shit. Yep. And people are like, well, this seems a little high. Like, why do we need this oh shit line? And I'm like, because that means that oh shit. I didn't think that we need that or this would change or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and if, if your oh shit line on your plan is your margin, mm-hmm. you don't have a good business model.
1: That is true. Cause right. like the FDA is now, your your labels are changing. Yeah. Cause you don't know so, when they're going to change it. Right. Now you have
0: to do it, but things a bunch, a, a lot differently. And everything you mentioned just, it's was screwed. There's a, a neon light in my head that says labor.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and what about all the trucking industries like uh, California putting all these stringent laws in? And so everything is trucked. So yeah. those prices have to go up because truckers are required to have all these, the tires have to be mm-hmm. such type and they have to put these aerodynamic pieces on their trucks. And yep. where do and you think they well, get that's that money? Because from?
0: they get two miles to the gallon and trucks <laughs> drive so much. Like that's everything you eat, everything mm-hmm. you touch was yes, delivered on truck. on a on a semi truck
1: and they're short late they're short staffed so yeah, well, on that's, top of it yeah
0: yeah and then and then people won't want to do the job that's why companies like Tesla and some of these like when you hear autonomous vehicles mm-hmm. it will be they will focus on that
1: they will more
0: than the, and and the electrification of it and then cuz if you take the the drivers, actually the most expensive part out of that mm-hmm. cuz those folks make A lot. And then, like you said, there aren't enough people to do it.
1: Yes, that is true. And it'll be interesting to see how the world trusts autonomous trucks. I mean, you got all that weight behind that truck.
0: Hmm. So yeah. that's a big issue. <laughs> but if they're but the reason they're so big now, they could you could probably scale down the model of that. And, well, and
1: if you're in your yeah. East Asian countries, I lived in Japan for two years. Those trucks are much smaller than what yeah, we have. Yeah,
0: they're more like what you would see like a box truck here. Mm-hmm. And then smaller. So we have a hundred and uh we have almost cramming up on two hundred employees in the Philippines, which by the way is is a very good economic comparison because everything that's on this table here that's three or four bucks is remarkably less expensive there Mm -hmm. and i sometimes wonder i'm like why but it's it's all the things we just talked about
1: right but in the philippines it's cheaper if you go to tokyo it's not cheaper it's more so i think it just depends on where you're at in uh in southeast asia but thailand certainly is is less expensive um and i haven't korea is not much different than here well
0: their labor costs aren't cheaper and that they have a, the they have a different, they have a different economy there. So right. anyway, as Breland has just joined us to come take pictures, she's going to want some of the snack mix.
1: That's why she came in here. Who are you kidding? Maybe
0: she, <laughs> she doesn't eat, eat, eat meats.
1: Well then there so you go. So some of this
0: stuff is good. So, and on the, and on the subject of that, um the number of vegetarians and stuff like that has risen too. Has that changed your like what you're stocking?
1: Oh, absolutely. um as I mentioned before, you know we 've really pushed into healthier lines and offering um, varieties for people and when you support hospitals, you know they really do need the gluten free and the vegan because they have patients and people and uh that are require this it 's not just an option it's a requirement so um to fulfill those needs, we have. Definitely broadened our horizons, and the other thing is, um, we really believe in uh, promoting local. Yeah. So, like these nuts that you saw there, the Westerns Beef Jerky, um, Safely Delicious is another huge one here in town, and that one's a gluten-free, eleven-allergen-free, you know, product that's doing really well. Um, so, we don't like to. We're not going to be a big uh, Snickers promoter or Hershey's necessarily because there's plenty of large-scale operations that would kill us on price, honestly. I mean, it okay. just, it's cause it's everywhere. You can buy it on Amazon. You can sure. get it anywhere and everywhere. Um, and so we, uh, really people, a little,
0: people want local flavor too. They like, do. I mean, I think that if I'm looking at a couple different things, if I see Lay's potato chips or I see like we're from KC, you know, something mm-hmm. I'm going to buy that
1: one. Yeah. Well, and there's, it's, uh, people want different flavors and things. And like you said, these big players, had the same flavors. Doritos have been around forever. Yeah. And yes, they're a crowd pleaser. So if you want to spend two bucks, you're probably going to get a like a Mountain Dew and a you know um, a Frito Lay product. But if you want to venture a little bit or you want to eat a certain way, these options allow you to do that. And yes, it has definitely grown our market. And then being able to private label snacks of different sorts also. um, Kaufman Performing Arts Center, we private label snacks for them for the performances. Um, and we we just do different things for different people all over the country.
0: I think we need some Startup Hustle brands Wouldn't that be
1: awesome? Yeah, or When probably. you have your in, your invites or your events and different things where you want yeah. to showcase. Um, have these yeah. nuts. There you
0: <laughs> Care of Startup Hustle. <laughs> um, so there are 11 SKUs in front of me right now. I have a mm-hmm. feeling you've got way more than that.
1: Around 200 or so. Okay.
0: That's mm-hmm. not unreasonable. Time.
1: No, no, it's not. Um, and, you know, some of those I'll say are bulk or packaged, you know, chocolate almond. Some people need that 10 pound case.
0: (laughs) By the way, we're going to give you a quiz. If you have listened to all of the startup hustle podcasts, then you know what SKU stands for. Do you know what it, uh, by the way, I worked in retail. I Uh literally ran a chain of retail stores for 10 years before I ever actually knew what SKU stand for.
1: I honestly don't know.
0: So I'm going to give you three seconds to think of it in your head. stock keeping unit. unit there we
1: go i think I know. that was 10th grade everyone uses class. skus
0: yeah <laughs> a funny story with skus i worked for two companies that merged together mm-hmm. and it was music re- instrument retail and one of them carried sheet music and the other one didn't and we realized at one this is this is where you talk about efficiency and different things so we had like 50,000 skus When it came to sheet music and a Mm -hmm. lot of them, we would have like one in stock and we literally just sat down, we did the math and we said, you know what, we should just get either give this away, sell it by the pound or doing something because that would be remarkably cheaper Mm -hmm. and just lose money on it than to actually try to count an inventory and keep this up. So, and that's exactly what we did.
1: Yep. Well, you can't. Um, you have to figure out, you said, what's selling because you can buy a lot of product. Yeah. So that doesn't mean it's going to sell. So we've kind of got this middle of the ground, um, the SKUs that move quickly and the SKUs that are a little bit slower. And then we try to introduce quarterly some new items that we like to our taste tests, you know, sit around the table. And what do you think of this? Because we get a lot of samples
0: in oh, or
1: you go to, you know, the big trade shows, the one in Chicago um, and then the the new healthy shows out in Baltimore and Anaheim.
0: Do you do anything else that kind of bulks up the the uh, the invoice total? Where you like create little baskets or bundles? Oh or...
1: yes, we've done kitting projects. We did uh, S- State Farm; they did have a Founders' Day, and we did twenty-five thousand kits. You know, I mean, we did do some large portion. We worked with Boeing and some you know large p- companies that need something big done.
0: And you um, don't stock any vending machines?
1: Nope, we don't. Um, we're kind of tinkering future growth, going with the micro market. Uh, option which is the modern vending machine where it's more in offices but people can touch and feel and then they swipe their scan it swipe their debit card type of thing that's
0: those are pretty common Um, in a lot of co-working spaces yeah
1: and um they're very you know very handy um and we've got I think great product mix for that. What we don't do is the sodas or the waters. So, you, you would you know. love
0: us as a client in Cebu. We offer free snacks to See? a couple hundred employees. That and by the way, we, we spend a lot.
1: Yes, it's a it. huge it's a trend. Lot. It's, it's a lot. And,
0: um, and trying to get the right mix of things is a challenge. And I've even commented, like the very first time uh, after we started doing this, I went there, I was like, um, I'm going to gain five pounds eating anything that's in front of, you know, try But then you, so then we brought in fresh fruit. That was really expensive, mm-hmm. but it was also like, we, they wouldn't eat it all or this then and it that. Goes bad. And then yeah. no matter what, it's amazing. You, and then this isn't like, no matter where you are, you can provide, it's amazing how much complaint you'll get about things you provide people for free. free? And, and I don't just mean employees. I mean like at events or anything, yes. you're like, it's free. And they're like, ah, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. How about right, that?
1: Right. I mean, yeah. it's uh, the that is a new trend though, having providing free snacks for employees, especially if you're about 150 people or under, because it's a perk that for the owner isn't all that expensive. I mean, it's certainly like a lot cheaper than healthcare.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, we, we've things. we've found some ways to streamline it a little better, and you know,
1: but you know. yeah, that's an exciting one because um, that's certainly a market we dabble in. Um, is bringing people the snacks as they need it. And it's amazing how companies don't realize they think they can run to some of these big box stores and nope. go pick it up. But do you know how much time they waste doing yeah. that? Where if you keep your people in the office and focused on the tasks at hand and have somebody bring you.
0: So we, and we, I can tell you right now, cause I've done the math. Mm-hmm. If you have employees, buy them cater lunches. Mm hmm. Because it will pay for itself because they don't leave. They go and they grab something to eat. They see it as a benefit. It's fun. It's interesting. And then that 15 minutes to go somewhere and 15 minutes to come back, they usually sit down and do something productive. Well,
1: and they also get caught up on, let me catch up on my kids or my husband or my spouse, something, and then they take 45 minutes
0: because. But it's also team building too because people have, when you don't do that, they have a tendency to kind of like, go eight different directions, but they're like and we do that here and some other places, but it's a it's a good, it's a good return. Um mm-hmm. and you could give someone like 10 bucks a day and they'd be like, uh eh, thanks. And you give them a meal and mm-hmm. they're like, this is freaking awesome. Yes. Why didn't you tell me you had free food? I would have worked for less. <laughs> and you're like, but but these are the little things that and you know even just talk about snacks and different stuff that just like weird little intangibles that can um, secretly and in a very untrackable kind of way, mm-hmm. um, improve your culture.
1: Yes. Well, I, it makes people happy. I mean, tell me, you know, you've been to some place and you picked up an old mint and you put that in your mouth and you're like, and you didn't realize that until you tasted it, no. or you've had some gum in a pocket forever and you're like from last winter and all of a sudden you pull out the coat this year and you're like, oh, and you're like, oh. But to have a fresh snack is yeah. so uplifting
0: yeah it doesn't um,
1: hurt. it does about the same as a smile, um which is kind of why we've moved our tag to maybe
0: they eat the snack and then they smile well, and, and, and that becomes contagious right
1: so our kind- our new our motto we've kind of pivoted a little bit is live snack, smile because everyone's you know living their life to their fullest, doing what they can, and I, a smile is always a good thing, and then when you eat that snack,
0: there you go so so what's the biggest challenge or something that Um, along the last 18 years, you guys just failed at horribly and then looked back and you're like, wow, we thought that was going to (laughs) work.
1: Um, failed horribly
0: or a challenge, something you're fine. Like, I mean, I, there, every bit, I've just, there's no such thing as a business without problems. So I, it's always interesting to hear what, what challenges people overcome. And then the stories of failure are sometimes just funny. Mm -mm. When you look back at them, you're like, wow, I have so many things I look back. I'm like. I thought that was going to work clearly. Mm -hmm. And wow, what was I thinking?
1: You know, we thought the snack world was pretty uh, easy one to get into. Um, It was, you know, don't put the chocolate in the heat. Um, We put our product, we're in an underground cave, so it's too deep for bugs and things like that. So we thought, and it's just snacks. How difficult can it be? But. In the reality of it, it's not about necessarily the snacks. It's about everything else that comes into play with the snacks. So it's the human resources, the purchasing, the freight companies, all these, you know, the ancillary things that make the company go. So I would say that the thing that I took the longest to realize was I don't know what I don't know. And I better get some mentors and start, you know, broadening my horizons so I can lead and do things better, smarter, quicker, faster.
0: What's something that a mentor or one of those people taught you that really stands out? You're like, wow, that's cool.
1: Well, um, you know, for example, it's confront. So when there is a problem, um, don't put it off. Don't think it's going to go away. Confront the issue, because if you don't, it will fester. It doesn't matter if it's employees, if it's a vendor, if it's a customer. If you think there's something that is wrong, your gut instinct is probably right. Mm -hmm. And you've got to you've got to be forthright. And confront and just and that's what I constantly have to think of my like, is this a problem? I need to confront it because I want Be the
0: hunter, not the prey, yeah, because yeah.
1: as soon as you step back, um you know, if you have a a a bad year and you need some help from the vendors or something, you need some extra support if you know if you go bury your head, they're gonna come after you, uh, and if you are forthright with them, and say. You know what? This product maybe didn't sell the way we had thought, or what? What kind of terms can we come to? Why? You know, how can we do this differently? What did we miss? Like,
0: well, they want to have a good relationship with you too, and they probably, if it's not selling for you, it probably didn't sell for other people too. So, I mean, at some of the businesses, but when I did work for quote the man, Mm -hmm. there were times where we took stuff back. Mm -hmm. We're like, hey, look, we, you know, because sometimes we were the ones pushing it. Yeah, they, you know, a, a, a distributor would buy. 90% of their order was stuff they wanted. And I mean, let me tack one of these on for you. And they they want to be cool with you too. And the next thing you know, it's still sitting there and you're like, you know what, like, or figure something out. Right.
1: And at the end of the day, they're people too. So just because like, you know, we think we're, well we're snacks on racks and we're not nearly the size of Hershey's. Um, So Mm. what, you know,
0: but 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 they don't care. They
1: will, they will bend over backwards. But if you don't ask and you don't confront the issue and maybe it's not an issue for them, but it is for you or they don't, they don't know what your issues are or what's going to cause harm to the relationship. Right. So, you know, Well,
0: really if it, it, it as a, as a manufacturer, we'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, it's in your best interest to, to not have your distributors and your sales channels dry up and die. I mean, whether you're Hershey or not, mm-hmm. like, um, the thing is, is the, it's all sales. Right. And if you're a huge pain in the butt, and or you don't address things like nothing's worse than like someone finally letting you know like okay we're completely screwed mm-hmm. like give me an idea like maybe there's something i could do to help you out like we've done a couple of those things with our clients at full scale mm-hmm. like look i'm we're all better in the long term for yep. you like our employees you us like let's figure this out and see you know wh- how and when and where this works like yeah. we're in the business of trying to help people be more successful at their business but if you don't realize that problem exists you can't address it. Um, can I share something that I think is, is the mentor taught me that I I it's actually, it was actually here on the podcast. Oh yeah. I was actually telling my wife yesterday, we were talking about the podcast and I was like, do you understand the value that I have received after several hundred episodes of just having, like I have a daily, like I'll record two of these today Mm -hmm. and talking to people like you about different stuff, but it's very enlightening. But, um, uh episode I think it was twelve, Laurel Holt, the founder yep, of Car know You know, uh-huh. okay. So if you know Laurel, you know Laryl's awesome. Yes he is. He's also a bit like Yoda and the Oracle from The Matrix. Like he kind of like, well, you have to kind of figure it out when he says stuff. He's like in the Matrix is like, there is no spoon. So Lyril, it's like if you ask him, you know, what he is, he'll be like, Yeah, I'm a coward. And I'd say, what are you talking about, man? You've done like huge, huge stuff. He's like, no, I'm really in the end. I'm just a coward. All right, well, tell me more. It's, I like to find things that no one else is doing and go places to do them where everyone will leave me alone to get really good at it. Now, the the <clears throat> to translate that, he's saying don't take on the giants. In your world, that's Hershey's and Kellogg's and stuff like that. So David and Goliath, like you hear about David beating Goliath. The 999 other times out of a thousand, Goliath stepped on David and didn't even know he was there. Okay, right. Nice. And that's why so like with a, and so the point is, is like with a startup or a business, cause I, I had a guy come up to me, I gave a speech a couple years ago at Global Entrepreneurship Week and um, he wanted to give me a business plan after. And he said, he goes, I have come up with a way to take down Amazon. And I, I handed it right back to him. I said, dude, I don't even want, I'm not even going to waste my time. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was like, what do you mean? I said, you don't have a shot. Like you don't have a shot. Like literally someone had a sex tape of Jeff Bezos and that didn't and even get it, it down, done. Right? So I don't think you're, you're, whatever your plan is, but the point is, is like, if you, you know, and. and Matt Watson in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, even talked about this is that so many people, there's these riches in the niches and you go down the line of of people in a a wealthy neighborhood and like this guy like imported feathers from Botswana (laughs) and like this other guy was like the guy that (laughs) invented voicemail or like just something like these things that, and, and none of them are like, Hey, I invented a car. And I created a company that took down GM, like you look how, how bold and ballsy Tesla was Mm -hmm. like that was, I mean, that is not the cowardly approach. That's the opposite of it. So, but I feel like it's great advice because you can't compete. No. I mean, and, and, you know, so sometimes you got to just let it assume like Google won. Google kind of wanted about whatever they want to win at mm-hmm. and they're the ones that can actually offer formidable competition to Microsoft, Amazon, companies like mm-hmm. that. So find something where you can be number 1, number 2, number 3 like now. Right. And and get really good at it and then you're that version.
1: And that's why we don't I mean, sure, I can get you a Snickers, but that's not why that's our market. I'm not trying to do that. It's because there's wonderful food products out there that people really enjoy. They deserve the right to be seen and tasted and eaten. And whether that's local or, you know, other brands like a Think Jerky, you're up and coming.
0: Um, Did you know I was was about to grab some jerky as you said that? (laughs) That was our pitch.
1: (laughs) Wink, wink. Um, So... And that's been, like I said, in food service and just now we're finding more and more in retail because even your local grocery stores, you know, they're pitched so many products all the time that they can't stock them all, nor do they want to, because it's just overwhelming. They don't have enough diversity. So we're bringing even more to the table um, and offering it and providing it in places that, I mean, snacks are sold everywhere when you can be in the office supply store and they're Front cash register is full of snacks. I mean, it is everywhere. So, our market can be
0: anywhere. And if your business creates something that requires distribution, like companies like Snacks on Racks, go to snacksonracks.com or the number four snacks on Instagram, see more about what they do. But um, businesses like Jennifer's can change your game too, because you need to be focusing on making what you make. Mm -hmm. And if they're, so you're, you know, there's a lot, there's, there's a Snacks on Racks. For any industry i mean if you sell software there's marketplaces mm-hmm. for that if you sell products there is there's like you know uh we're partners in mixtape the game we license the physical game mm-hmm. to a games distributor perfect why because they go to like the board game convention and all this different stuff they were the ones that coined the deal with target and sold 50,000 decks. I don't know nice. anyone that buys games for target and, right. and to do that. So the, you look at, you said you have 200 SKUs. you show up with a, with a quiver filled of arrows and whoever's going to buy from you is like, well, okay, this is, I got access to all this stuff. If you're trying, if you have one product, you're better off working through companies like yours Absolutely. because you're out there doing the legwork. You're the boots on the ground, you yeah. know? And, Sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to give up any of my margin. I'm like, well, you're going to give it up anyway because you're you going to have to lose. pay someone to go do all that anyway. Mm-hmm. And selling things singularly
1: Well, always tough. do what you do best. That's why I mean, we outsource HR. So I don't do, more, do HR. So
0: eat more beef jerky.
1: Yeah, eat more beef jerky. Absolutely. It's we good for you. You should do what you, you do best. Low salt. Look at all those perks for eating your beef jerky there today.
0: this beef jerky will not make it to the end of the day
1: One <laughs> well, westerns that's a locally produced it's up um by kirksville which is really and good it is i'm um, eating
0: zesty jalapeno
1: yeah they they do a really nice job um and it's certainly they're growing in lots of markets um and they do a nice wide variety healthier choices you know no nitrates and things like that um yesterday
0: so, i got a free two and a half pound bacon log Today, I have 11 different SKUs of snacks.
1: Well, I know some of your colleagues here were kind of eyeballing it. So yeah, they ha- let me know if I need to bring more.
0: It's funny. I did post on Facebook last night that you know I had received a free bacon log. I also mentioned that my life was complete. Mm-hmm. And then I said, and no, you cannot have some of my bacon log. <laughs> so, Just to
1: be perfectly clear.
0: Yeah, pretty ah, much.
1: That's awesome.
0: Okay, so... Well, thanks for coming in, by the way. I appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate so we like to end our episodes by letting founders have a, a bit of a freestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, it can really be whatever you want just kind of on your, your, it's your outro, mm-hmm. your encore per se, but what would you like to say to those listening?
1: Well, um, you know, Snacks on Racks is 18 year history. Um, we're very well known in food service and retail areas and so, one is, you know, people who are listening that might want to look for a new distribution or ways to shell their food product, um, you know, happily look us up on, at snacksonracks.com. Um, could be an opportunity. We do um, offer options to food service companies in other states. So, one of the things we developed was a buy local program. So, that way, if you worked at IBM or Honeywell or some area hospital, and I'll use the state of Ohio for an example, that um, our services, off our, to buy local for those locations because they want to support the community too. But the way food service works, it's very hard to just have a single item purchased within them. So to go through a distributor is a great option. So, um, you know, we're always looking for new food products. And then on the other hand, you know, uh, in Kansas city or, um, actually throughout the country, you know, we're happy. We got a great staff, um, a good team and we're, Good at what we do and we like helping people. Um, private label, a lot of places like to take that to their expos or have it in the break rooms or just all the hundreds of things. Everybody's eating snacks all the time. They make people happy. They really do perk up your employees. So the opportunity, you know, um to help other people, we really like to do that. And then, you know, we like to work with communities and and be involved as well. So, um, you know, just food is a Great option, um, and we really appreciate, you know, just working with people and, and helping provide service to people. Um, and so whatever that takes, however that works, and we've got great options for people. So if that made any
0: sense Sure, it did. It's a freestyle. You don't have to make sense. Yeah. That's what we call it a freestyle. you. You, yeah. Thank can, you can just literally go whatever direction you want. Some people, when I should probably tell people at the beginning that you have to close with that, but <laughs> Great, I don't, well, I don't going. like to, because I think that part of what is interesting on this show is that it's a conversation and not an interview. And, um, I found that you get better responses many times when you don't think about ah. like no, no, ah. no, no, no paralysis by analysis for you people today. I think that
1: we just like serving our customers. So what it's what really, it's whatever they need at whatever sure. given time and We've got the different varieties of products, so it's we love the introductions to all kinds of organizations, worked with some really interesting opportunities and enjoyed it thoroughly. And so that's what it's been about. And that's why it's lasted for 18 years for me and, you know, enjoyed growing the company. So
0: so as people queue up my own freestyle to end things, I sometimes highlight and accentuate what we've talked about on the episode and sometimes other things. But I think that today I'm going to do exactly that. I'm going to go back and I think there's a couple of key things that came up today that are important. Um, you know, your business started, you, you mentioned, you know, the business has to be agile. You have to be be able be ready to adapt and pivot and change. I think one of the key things that, um, everyone listening should find notable is the number of times that Jennifer talked about serving clients. Like we're here for you Mm -hmm. and your business exists to serve clients. Like at full scale, our, our, uh, At our office, we use the term client obsessed, and that is important. Like, be obsessed with your client's success, Mm -hmm. and they will probably stay your client. Like, it doesn't mean they're always going to be successful because that's not the way life works. But if you feel that the people that you're working with care – and they're working towards your best interest and your and your success, well, that means something, and that matters and that's mm-hmm. important so whether you're a vendor of services, products, or anything else, or you are receiving services, you should kind of demand that as a as a brand standard. I mm-hmm. think that that's pretty fair and if you're you know and then another thing too is I think that um talking about being proactive versus reactive um very important lesson uh look proactive wins. Go out and ask for what you want. Go try to get what you want. And you know, I was even talking to my daughter about that last night because my wife said, if you want popcorn, you have three minutes. And after three minutes, my wife took popcorn away and my daughter cried. She said, I want popcorn. I said, you know what? Too late. <laughs> yep. You got to be proactive. And I literally sat her down. It's like, look, in life, if you want something and it's right in front of you, you need to, you need to, it, here it is. Yep. Take it. Don't well, just wait for it. Yeah.
1: That's the easy ask. Yeah. It's the one where you've got to find the right people even to get further. But if you're determined, you'd be surprised how many people are so willing if you will just, just ask, ask, ask. ask. And it's I've so literally scary like, for many people.
0: Yeah. I've And it, just do it. Yeah. And it's, yeah.
1: it's not even an entrepreneurial lesson. It's a life it, lesson.
0: It, oh, trust me. I've Wherever spent, you work, I,
1: whatever you do, raising kids, all that.
0: I have spent too much time trying to drive this point home to the world Mm -hmm. because it's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. Um, So anyway, well, thanks for all the snacks. Once again, go to snacksonracks.com. Check us out. You can go to fullscale.io if you want to see how we can be obsessed with your success at Startup Hustle Podcast. And don't forget to check out the Startup Hustle YouTube channel.